Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you very much to our listeners. Thank you for joining us and listening to what is going to be a very interesting and different podcast today, different episode today. So I'm joined with Miles Downey. Miles, thank you very much for for joining me today. It's a real pleasure. I am so looking forward to hearing more from you because we've got a very interesting and different topic. So first of all, let me just quickly introduce Miles to you. So Miles Downey empowers performance. He's a master coach. You're an author of three books, goodness knows, how you have found time to write three books. Mm. I thought one was enough. Mm. And you're a thought leader. And one of your books is called Enabling Genius. And that is going to be our topic of conversation today. So Enabling Genius and Creating Personal and Organisational Change. But Mm -hmm. before we dive into that, Miles, I see that you, you, you're the founder, you have your own business, you've had a coaching and training organization the school of coaching that's right yeah and you have coached new zealand rugby team and also the coaches of the england rugby team so yeah in new zealand the, the coaches as well the, the premier ah, okay. coaches there yeah so yes. that's going to be uh i'm sure you've got some stories you could share with us about that so look forward to hearing yeah. that but yeah. let's dive into enabling genius miles what do you what do you mean by that Genius is a word that goes back a long way. I mean, in every culture, it has a a word that expresses it. And in each place, it has a slightly different meaning. Uh, In in kind of in in Roman times, um, it was the the genius was something that was external to you, not in the way we think of it today is something that's inside of you. And it was your your genius was a, a guide. And if you were a successful person, the implication was that you had a very powerful guide. So it was, and then, and then as we became more selfish or something, then it became a quality that we saw in people. The problem was, or, and, and is, is that as, you know, when we, when we started doing some research, myself and some colleagues, what we found was that the, by, the common consensus was that there were only two real geniuses ever, um, Mozart and Einstein. And the problem with that is they're both men, they're both dead. So it's kind of a, it, it's, it's not a very useful, it's a very excluding notion. So you turn it on its head and you say, hold on, what, 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 if, what if you reinvented that word and you used it in a, in a positive way that, that could actually, a practical way. So the idea was that, that rather than, when you speak to somebody about their potential, they, they, they just, their eyes glaze over it. They don't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't land anymore. But if you suggest to somebody that they've got genius, that stops them short. Mm. So the suggestion and, and kind of, yeah, what, what, I, what I'm proposing to people is that actually each person has a unique individual genius, where genius 
is the embodiment of your potential. It's, it's your potential made real. That you can act on. That you can do something with. And, that, and, and if you like, that's the genius of the idea. It, it, becomes, it, it becomes, yeah, it becomes real. You, you express your genius in the world. So very interesting things you shared there. So your belief would be, or your view is, your experiences, that we all have that cap capability inside us or that potential inside us to be a genius. Depending on, on how you, you see, I, I think it is, it is an act of genius to understand intimately who you are profoundly and then to express that in the world. Okay, how do we go about doing that then? Well, I mean, just the, 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 the kind of, the, there's a whole kind of nature versus nurture argument behind this that we need to get beyond. Because the, the best evidence that we could find, because we did a lot, we did about two years of research on this, a, a group of 20 of us. Um, and, and the best we could find was that what you become is, is about 50% what you were given, nature, and 50% what you make of that. So the way you get there is to understand what it is that you're given, what, what it is that you're inherently great at, and really work like crazy on that. How, how do we discover that, Miles? Um, you can, well, the first thing to do is to not try and get it right, because, because that will really mess you up. And, 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 and what you do instead is you run some experiments to find out what it, what it is that gives you pleasure, that you're successful at, that people want from you. And then through a process of reflection, of, of talking to people, of being coached potentially, then you can, then you can get to whatever that is. Um, and, 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 and there's a subtlety of, of kind of a spin on it, which is it's not, it's not that, so the genius isn't something that's fixed because you know I'm, I'm a very different person at 63 than I was when I was 26. Um, and my interests are different, and I was trying to do different things. So you're, you, that genius will shift over time and, and become different things. So you've got plenty of chance to experiment and find out what really, you know, floats your boat. But the, the other part of it is that I, I would hold that see, it doesn't matter if what I'm saying is true or not. If you, if you take it as a useful brick, then it causes you to take action and, and, and invest in your potential and express it in the world. And that's really all that matters. So the, sec the second trick is to say that actually that you have a genius in almost anything you can do. You'll do it in your, your own unique and special way. So when I'm working with leaders who might be great economists or uh, you know, geniuses in marketing or retail or whatever it is, I'll also speak to them about what their genius is as a leader. Because if we can make that real, make that, we can, if we can embody that potential and, and, and make it solid and real, then, they, then, then when they show up, they show up with authenticity, with genuineness. Uh, they're, they're clear in their own head about who they are in that moment, so they don't fuff their lines so much. So... Yeah, you can you can you can extend it into that. So, and that's where it gets interesting in in my world, which is in the world of work. That's where I coach people. So, can I just check my understanding of this? 
of yeah. what you're saying that it's about being who we are because in each of us we have something that makes us unique and special Boom. which you might classify as being genius yes and I love you said you might classify as being genius so see if that's useful to you if that's a trick that helps you get ahead do it okay so you're helping us to be the genius that we were born to be and let's say we've got some uh, founders or business owners listening to this they're running their business they're up against it all the time they are faced with many challenges what would you do to help them could you give us a practical kind of example or some steps they could take to embrace this two things come to mind uh, one is an example which i'll get to second but the other is that the, the pressures in 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 working life particularly for people who are you know often in smaller businesses um where, where, where they where they have to do every role from you know drying the teacups right through to the marketing strategy so you know that that's that's very complex the the but what 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 genius suggests is understand what you're great at and do that and and do your best to give everything else away and and actually once you begin to think in those terms life becomes a little bit simpler and very often when you when you, you speak to somebody and, and i work with with at ceo level of some you know really big organizations and you find these people are being torn in in this direction by this the the stock market and this direction by their uh, their board and their chairman and and actually the, the, their thinking then they end up trying to please everybody and of course that's when you start making mistakes so 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 you help them separate those things out so that they they do what they're great at and then they manage the rest <laughs> and and right and and, here, and here's a much simpler example, which I hope will help it come alive. I, I, a, a young man I was coaching six months ago, he moved from a, a, a successful role, sales management role in a medium-sized business to a relatively large-sized business with a European-wide um, uh, geography that he was in charge of, rather than just the UK. He was he was one of the younger in the team that he was now going to lead so he had older people and and novices so different ages different stages different levels of skill and we were trying to understand what what was the unique quality as a leader that he was going to bring to this party and it, it was this may sound a bit uh, kind of strange to some people but i actually got him into a, a visualization exercise where he could see himself operating and helped him understand and make sense of that and the image that came to him of his leader as we went through this exercise he was reminded of a teacher that he'd had back in school who was very charismatic and that idea he actually he actually had a vision of the tweed jacket that teacher used to wear and he, and he literally stopped in the middle of the visualization he said that's it he said I, what i do is i teach and I, I said say some more he said well he said all these people need different things from me the senior person just needs a, you know, a, a light touch occasionally. The person who's come in needs me by their side much more frequently. So, he, so, it was, so once, he had once he understood what his genius was as a leader in this context, he, his strategy then fell out of that. So he had clarity about what he needed to do. 
Um, and there are some things that he isn't great at. So he, we so we started talking about his new team and you know, were there people that he could delegate um, some aspects of the, things that he enjoyed less to. So we began to look down how we could do that. But that's a... Is, yeah. is visualisation a key part of the work that you do? Now, I am a big fan of visualisation. Right. And I've looked at various experiments like the Harvard piano, exper um, piano experiment which if anybody who's listened to this hasn't heard of the Harvard piano experiment go and take a look at it it is fascinating and it talks about the power of visualization and you could also go and have a look at Michael Phelps the the, the Olympian with the most gold medals because he uses it in his uh, in his success so is it a key component of the work that you do Miles. It took me. It took me because I I I work in in the corporate world at at very senior levels, and everybody's very serious. Um, I thought I had to be serious too for quite a while. So I had to kind of get over that and grow up a bit before I had the willingness and courage to use it. But I and so now I, I use it a lot. And the reason I use it is is if you get people to think through things kind of rationally, well, they kind of get to the answers they were going to get to anyway. But if you can use visualization, what you tend to drag in is not just the rational part of it, but you tend to drag in the intuitive and the imaginative part. So solutions are broader um, and, and, and new ideas come to the, to the mind in ways that would never have happened if you hadn't done it. So it's an incredibly powerful way of creating change. So let's say, let's go back to uh, somebody running a business, again, hectic, got a lot on, and now we're saying, how about doing some visualization and they'll say oh I haven't got time for that but yeah what would you encourage how would you encourage them to embrace this well I, I so first of all I, I I only use visualization in the in the context of um uh of the coaching conversation so I'm I'm leading it and I'm helping them see it um and 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 take it through and then helping them make sense of it and that's and, that, and that's how I use it if I if using Kind of those slightly alternative techniques the um the the thing that i would propose to anybody who's in a hectic life is that they learn to meditate um and and take the 10 15 minutes at the beginning of each day i can't remember who who it was who was somebody very famous who's meditating i'd love to know them remember the name but i'm not going to just now and he said saying how they meditated it was very important process and somebody said well on, on a busy day so what do you do he said and meditate for twice as long yeah and it's like boom you know i i know i'm stressed it's really difficult to get focused and clear and on those days i just i i sit still until i'm in a better place yes i've heard that phrase before i wonder if it's lousy it sounds sounds about right it may or may not be but i i, I agree it's when we give yeah. ourselves that message we haven't got time to do things yeah. we need to change that message yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're going into work frazzled and unfocused, then you're just going to mess everybody else around. Take your time, go into work centered, clear about what needs to be done for the day um, and, and, and don't get distracted by the nonsense that happens all the time. So what else would you recommend in this sort of area of Getting to our genius, what are the sort of core components of that? We've touched on visualization, that's part of your coaching, but what are the other areas that you, you take people through? 
so the, 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 the what we were trying to do at the research and then, and then in, in, in writing the book was to see if we could give something that was really pragmatic, practical, that you could translate into, into everyday use for yourself or if you're a coach or a trainer for other people. So we looked at, at, uh, the, at the, the lives of people who had done great things, which was a deliberately open frame. Um, and, we, and we looked to see if we could find some patterns. And we found that in every case, every case, most of the cases, that people that, that there were four things that stood out as being common. One was we spoke about unique individual genius. So that goes into a um, we put that under the umbrella title of identity. And and just to, to if I'd been less clear in the beginning of this, and I think I was, just to be, if I think, if I think I'm a tennis player, I play competitive tennis, and, and that actually is a, a, my laboratory for experimenting with things genius. Um, if I think of two people who I great admiration for, Nadal and Federer, and most people will have a picture of those two people. I mean, physically completely different. What they did on the court, completely different. One, Nadal, incredibly strong, forceful, resilient, would kind of bully you off the court. The other, um, greater finesse, more delicacy, um, would, would bamboozle you because you didn't know what was happening next. So completely different approaches. So I would argue that both of them understood who they were on the tennis court. We can't talk about the rest of their lives. But on the tennis court, they knew who they were, absolutely had clarity about their identity. And out of that identity grew their strategies. Out of that identity grew what they developed in themselves over time. So it's like, and, and the, the point is, they're both geniuses and they're both completely different. So identity is always unique. The second bit that emerged was that the, the people we're talking about show enormous reserves of motivation, of resilience, of will. So will is the, is the, the second component that, uh, that these people have demonstrated. And what most people don't know about will is that contrary to popular belief, it's not a fixed component or, or you know, it, 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 it's... Uh, it, you, can, you can develop your will. It's not a fixed entity, it's developable. You can, you can grow your will. So by understanding a sense of purpose of what motivates you and sometimes for people, yeah, uh, excites and interests you, all of these things can be pulled together to build your will. The, the third one was about mindset, that each of these people had their own unique mindset for success. And then overlaid across all of those, we had the idea that, What's noticeable about these people is they never stand still. They're always developing whatever it is they do. So learning and development sits across all three of identity, will, and mindset. It's always changing, always developing. And that's, and that's an incredibly simple recipe, um, uncomplicated. You can look at all of those things and work on them. I, I love that about it, that we could each think about our identity. We can develop our will. And when you say unique, they each had a unique mindset. Could you just drill down a little bit into that, Miles? So, the, the, um, so I, I think again that that mindset is something that's different from each and every person as a function of their backgrounds, their you know, the stories they tell themselves. But and and kind of like. Again, most people think, well, you know, kind of that's the way I am. You know, I'm, I'm kind of risk averse or, you know, whatever it is. Well, hold on a minute. <laughs> let's not buy that. <laughs> let's, let's take a minute. And so, so what I do is I get people to look at what, what are the beliefs 
that um, the principles that that are present in the way they approach their work life day to day, their mindset. And, and we, we do, you know, in the conversation, we extract as best we can some of those things. And we look at the ones that serve them. Well, we'll keep those. And we look at the ones then that are getting in your way and we throw them away. And, and what you end up with is you want to end up with five or six things, um, maybe a few more, but kind of a small number of things that you're going to focus on as part of your mindset. So I'm, 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 I'm primarily a creator. I, the, the books and, and the businesses that I've set up, whatever else. So I, I love that creative act and bringing something into the world. I'm less good at the follow through. I'm less good at nailing things down. So um, I've got, uh, you know, I'm, I'm most at this point in my life, I'm, I'm self-employed. So that isn't good enough. So on, on my mindset, I have written out on postcard side cards and I, and I bring them to, into in every day I look at them and I choose the one that I'm going to focus on that day the one that's most important at the moment says it isn't done until it's done and it's a reminder to, 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 to finish to bring things through to the end and that's written in pen across the you know dark blue pen across the middle of the card and then as I learn new things about it I scribble things across it in pencil just to keep it fresh and living uh, and and so and, and that's one of six that I have. Um, so yeah, you can you can develop your mindset. That's a very nice technique that you just mentioned there. Mm. I like the idea of having those postcards and things, yeah. you know, sort of messages to yourself on yeah. them. Yeah. So I guess yeah, those I, literally, literally on my desk. Excellent. Which is in a mess right now, so I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is towards the end of the day, so that's yeah. that's that's fair enough. But that's something we could all do. So uh, let's go back to our listener. How would you suggest they might just start, if you're going to give them some practical tips that they could you know, walk away with from this, from this episode, that might be one of them. Is that, would that be one of them that you might recommend that they, that they do? Very definitely. Yeah. And, 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 and I, th I think one of the things that prevents us from changing is the idea that that uh, we, we'll do something and it won't work, but we'll have changed and we'll have thrown away the key and it's, and it's too late. So, so that, that fear gets in our way. So a really important way of thinking about how you move forward in the world is to think in terms of experiments. So in experiments, you know, when you set up in, in a scientific sense an experiment, you're going to set in, 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 in motion a, a chain of events. And at the end of it, you'll have an expectation that this will be the result. So um, you identify what that result looks like. You set in, 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 in motion the chain of events. If you get the result that you expected, boom, boom, well done. If you don't, you tweak, you adjust, you change until you get the result you want. So in terms of, of one's behaviors and trying to change what one does and how one puts life, don't think of it in those terms. Think of it as an experiment. So run an experiment. I, I, so you can do that on the, on, on the small scale. I've got a guy in, in one of my clients who needs to be more empathetic in the way he manages. So he's running experiments to see what happens if he spends 15 minutes with each member of their team over a cup of coffee. He's always been very task focused, but he's just going to see what happens over the next two weeks if he spends 15 minutes with no agenda. It's an experiment. I've got somebody else who's just stepped out of a very large corporate and she's independently wealthy at this point wants to stay in work and she's running 
six different experiments. One of them is about the possibility of being a consultant in the industry and she knows well. One of them is about the arts. Another has a social impact. Another about is about being a non-executive director. And she's 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 running experiments. She's checking all these things out. So run experiments is the is the is the big game. So how do we how do we think about what those experiments might be? Are they related to some future vision of yourself or something that you might want to achieve, but you're not quite sure? So you're testing out these different experiments? Yeah. yeah. So you see, so you might ask yourself a question, which is part of my will motivation set of activities, which is so what's 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 my direction of travel? Where are you know if I keep where am I headed? And 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 you try and you write it down, type it up, draw pictures, whatever it is that works for you. Try and establish a, a, what your direction of travel is. And that will then tell you um, as you progress if, if, if what you're doing is taking you closer to or further away from your direction of travel. Okay, but sometimes... So, so, so some associated the experiments would be something that you say, you know, so I, I think I'd really like to spend more time in the country so, you know, so you see, or, or, or with animals or something. Find a way of testing that out before you make a big commitment to it. So, yes, you, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. So you're, you're growing a business. You've got a vision for your business for the future. And you might want to run some experiments around. Maybe we'll try a new industry or we'll try a new geographical area or we'll... And those would be sort of the mini experiments that you might recommend and uh, to consider. Brilliant. As an example. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I stepped, I, I um, the part of the creative part of me um, a few years ago, thought of a way in which we could digitize coaching. So you could actually have coaching happen without there being a coach there. And that got um, brought into what's now kind of become a very successful mobile learning app. app. I stood out of that about a little bit more than a year ago. And I've been running experiments to see where, where my marketplace is. So, you know, I'm well known in the coaching world, so I've got a, a ready market in, in, in that world. I've been looking at sports. I've been looking at very high-end executive coaching, and they've been my three experiments um, for the last year. And, and I'm, I'm beginning to get clarity about which is the one that's going to be the most successful. So is there an optimal time frame to run an experiment? You said in yeah, the last I, year. I went, yeah, well, so the, 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 the first one of those about the marketplace for other coaches, I dropped that um, about nine, no, six months ago because it, mm -hmm. it, was, it was absorbing a lot of energy, a lot of interest, but I couldn't make it work financially. Okay. So, and that's, and that's what so you do those things and you do them in a way that doesn't uh, distract or damage. You try it, see if it works. If it doesn't, go back to the drawing board, start again. So we often hear the phrase people give up before they strike gold. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about giving an experiment. You gave it six months and you decided it wasn't working. Mm. When do you think you know that you're not going to strike gold? Gee, that's a, that's a question. You'd probably be better at answering that than I am. Um, I, 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 think, I think maybe that's something that differs from person to person, but I, I, what you try and do as rigorously and as clearly as you can at the biggest, at the, at the beginning of the experiment is to establish what success would look like. So if this was, you know, and that would be a really key marker. And the other one is the, you, you, I, what I found was I was losing interest in it. 
um, I was putting a lot of effort in and not getting any anything back from it um, from, from investigating the kind of the coach market. Um, and that was that was the first moment when I when I asked myself, hold on, is this really working? And, and my analysis said it wasn't. That's that self-reflection as well, yeah. thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Which I think, I think is... Yeah. There's a, there was an expression that I had not heard before that, that, that I think is brilliant. It's in, it, it, you might have heard it. It goes, um, think for yourself, but don't think alone. I don't know that one. And it's just like, <laughs> really, that's so important. Yes, own your own thoughts, think it through, and then talk with somebody about it. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the good reasons why businesses have non-execs. Yes. Businesses have coaches, individuals yeah. have coaches. Yeah, yeah. So in your work, Miles, and you coach leaders, what are some of the big challenges that you help leaders to overcome? We've touched on some of them today, but why would somebody consider that I, I need a coach? So what? what what would those things what might those things be when somebody thinks perhaps I need a coach now? Um, well, well, one very obvious one is when 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 they're not being successful. So when they, when they're not achieving the results that they expected. Um, another one is when they're they're flat out exhausted because they're running around in circles because they're trying to please everybody. Um, there's. Um, uh, and, and, and then a, a third category that, that comes to mind immediately is where people need to, to behave differently. We've come from a generation, most people who are the, the leaders in our business, and this is beginning to change as, as other ages and, and, and millennials and whatever begin to creep into the more senior ranks. Uh, this is changing, but we, we come from a, a culture that's essentially about command and control. And most mm. of the senior people in larger organizations are invested in that. And what they're beginning to see is that actually you can't do that anymore with, yeah. with younger people. You can't tell them what you can't demand obedience. You can't bully them. And we're seeing that all over the press at the moment, yeah. the, the CBI and whatever else. You just can't behave like that. So, so, so some people are finding that there's a need to change the way they, be they behave and broadly that that shift is something to something is to something that is um more engaging more empathetic more embracing more understanding um it doesn't mean that you don't need the the boundaries and all of those good things but within that so that's and that for some people can be a, a massive shift um and and the fourth category and this is this is a is that people people develop a way of being successful and they hit a kind of a ceiling where that way doesn't work anymore because they've moved up into the rarefied air of the C-suite or their business has grown from you know, local to regional or regional to countrywide. And they suddenly require a whole different set of skills. Um, you know, you, you've run a business for a number of years. You might be the owner. Uh, it gets to a certain size. You bring in a, 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 somebody to manage the business day to day and that pops you into a different level, more strategic, more networking, more out there with your clients. Suddenly, you've got to learn how to do that. So people people are successful to a certain point, and then if they want to continue being successful, they sometimes got to review how they are successful. So all of those are ways in which people come to me to to help them be coached, to, to help them with coaching. Yeah, 
it's, a, it's that self-recognition that they need to do things yeah. differently it's yeah. kind of quite fundamental to that i'm not yeah. getting where i need to be as fast as i'd like to yeah i'd like to sort of touch on this change in leadership style because it's happening we're not seeing it move fast enough uh, from mm. in, in my view there was a you know um a statistic that i heard today I don't know where it came from in terms of it's uh, who produced this, the stat, but 80% of businesses have a toxic culture, okay. which I thought was staggering. But for me, culture comes from the leaders. They develop the culture, they, they establish yeah. it, and then it's all around the behaviours that um, are aligned with that culture. Mm -hmm. So there still seems to be a huge amount of work to be done. Yes. Yeah. But I'd like to tie it into something you said at the beginning, Miles, when you said 50% is nature and 50% is nurture. Yeah. So as leaders, that command approach, some of that will come from nature, from who they are. Mm -hmm. And now we're asking them to change that mm -hmm. and be more of an empathetic mm -hmm. uh, leader. Mm. not have that command and control mm. that's going to be difficult for many leaders to change yeah and is that one of the areas where you help coach them to become yeah. that kind of leader yeah. and change their nature maybe and that and and that the, the degree to which that's possible is is so so sometimes and and this has happened a few times i've been brought in to do a job like that to help somebody a leader develop a new side to their leadership and it simply hasn't worked they can't change it's it's too much it's too big a leap they're too identified with what they were and that's and and that's that happens um you, and then there's a, a a larger group of people um who uh who are up for it and who are willing to make the changes and take the risk. One of the problem is that we kind of only have command and control. No, nobody's ever kind of given us another model for what, what that leader or even that manager would look like and what they should, what they should do that would be different. Um, and, and in fact, the Enabling Manager book proposes um, that you know, the question underneath all of it is how, how do I as a manager or leader maintain sufficient control while enabling and empowering the person that I'm managing. Because what, what, you know, one of the problems we bumped into with COVID and people not being in the work, that most of the way people, managers, did their managing was actually just supervision. You're just, you're marking, you're, you're marking the exam papers all the mm -hmm. time. And, 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 so, and, and they felt really, really the loss of control when, they, when, 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 when there was nobody there to supervise was terrifying. So, the, so what the what the the um, so, and you can get to the, the, you know, a, a, amazingly the last place you'd think that would demonstrate a, a different approach would be the army, but the army, particularly in, in certain parts of the American army, uh, get to something called um, mission command, um, and it's entirely based on trust. If you've got somebody who's who's you know, a, a, a small unit behind enemy lines, they don't have a link to the top 
So you can't command and control. So you've got to do something different. And the costs of not doing something different are horrific. So actually, interestingly, they got to a different model much quicker than anybody else. And the version of that model that, that I extrapolated um, was, had, has three verbs in it. These are three things you need to do as a leader or manager of other people. You need to lead, you need to manage, and you need to coach. And they're all fundamentally different. Lead is about why. It's about having, making sure the person that's on your team uh, understands what the overarching mission is, what the company's about, uh, all of the, 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 the overarching why. And that then informs the, the manage piece, which is about what. So out of why falls the tasks, the goals, that I as an individual have the contribution that I can make. And that's what you manage me on. So you lead on the why, you manage on the what, and then slight shift of gear. The coach piece is about how. Piece is about how. So rather than telling people how to do that, once, once they have clarity about the what and the why, then you say, so how, how are you gonna go about doing this? And you get them to invent and create that. That way they own it. That way they can go back to their flat and, and get on with it um, with that sense of ownership. And, and, and that changes. So if, if, you, if you understand you need to have those three conversations, it begins to change the toxicity in the culture. That seems very simple, very straightforward and easily understandable. Probably a very mm. different thing to actually put that into practice. Big for the very reasons that we've been talking about, yeah. and, 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 which is that the the uh, the the two things happen. Uh, people in power rather like that and don't want to give it away. Yeah. The next level down have touched it. They've had the crumbs from the table and they want it. Yes. So they're not going to give it away. So it's like that. There's a lot in 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 the power structures that are seductive and our culture encourages it. We like to think that there's somebody in charge because that way I don't have to, you know, leave myself. <laughs> Do you, as we sort of come to a close, mm. Miles, um, we'll um, you'll have an opportunity to share what projects or things that will happy can go in touch with you or what's going on. Um, let's just pick up on that point what have you got an example of a business that really embodies allowing their team to work out the why but have a framework of reference so is there a company that you've worked with that you think are doing great things or a company that we might all know that you think embodies this I, I'm not going to put names and I haven't I haven't done much of this kind of work for a while, but what, what the, because, and partly that's because I can't honestly say that I've found one company that does this completely and, and totally successfully. I, I know many where there's been a significant shift, mm -hmm. but actually it's not even that. What I do know more is that um, a certain uh, leader in a certain, is inspired to do it so and they they will take the their department so in one of one of our big um media broadcasting um companies in the in the, the land a, a, a guy who was there who was in charge of marketing across the uk and europe um realized that that he needed to change in order to move up a level 
mm-hmm. um, and that as he th- as he thought that one through, it meant that he had to trust his team to get on with things differently. So one of the things he wanted to do was to create a performance culture so people were performing to a higher level. And, and they learned lead, manage, coach. So I did an event with him and his team, which was five sessions, the first four of which was I trained them in lead, manage, coach. And they turned out to be really brilliant coaches because they were smart people. And they loved doing it with each other. And then we gave them a little job to go and do some with their team. And then the fifth event was I trained them to lead, to do, to deliver in pairs my material to their teams. Mm-hmm. So they paired up. You know, I paired up with you and we delivered it to your team and you paired up with me and we delivered it to my. And not only did that become, it was so successful that it went, that they were asked. They were asked, I think they chose to go down and do it the next level down in the business. And, and that came out of the goodwill and good intelligence of some inspiring people. Well, that's paying it forward for others because it yes. was a success. And that's exactly that's that. something we should all be striving to do. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, Miles, it's been delightful to hear uh, about this and understanding enabling genius and the stories that you've shared with us and the fact that we can develop our will and all the other topics that you've shared with us today very insightful very very interesting Great. so if our listeners would like to get in touch with you and learn more or you'd like something to share with the audience what would that be um <laughs> um well, first of all, to get in touch, my, my, my name is spelled with a Y, M-Y-L-E-S-D-O-W-N-E-Y. So you can easily get in contact with me through my website, which is milesdowney.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And there's a really difficult thing to, to, to do in life, which is to both take yourself seriously and not seriously at the same time. Mm. So understanding who you are and expressing that world, that in the world, is as far as I know, it's the only game in town. So, so take yourself seriously, work out who you are, work out what you enjoy, work out what you're great at, and just do more of that. That's very simple, but very solid advice. Yeah. So thank you very much for that, Miles, and you can help people to get to that place. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Been a real pleasure. Thank you very much, Miles. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.